welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 33. It is a beautiful Southern California day today, 70 degrees out, sitting out here on the front porch. Uh, my hummingbird just keeps zipping back and forth. Everything's green and lively. It is beautiful. I hope that you have been able to get outside and go for a walk. It's amazing. Like I've been talking about the last few episodes, like people just smiling. I get more waves. It's so funny. Like people are walking by me as I'm recording this podcast and they wave at me. I haven't had somebody wave at me in a decade, (laughs) but somebody is, they're waving at me as they go by. It's so crazy. And I just can't help but think how awful awful this disease is and yet how beautiful of a thing it's doing for so many people i know so many of you are struggling and i'm sorry i really really am and i am praying for you um i'm praying that god would heal just heal people and make them new you know that if you're sick or you have somebody sick or you know that someone's sick i'm just praying for that i'm praying that god would Bring provision for those of you who are really struggling and need finance. Just praying for that. But I'm also thanking God. Thanking God that there is a joy that is happening in some people just in these neighborhoods, you know, as they're walking around. That I see people on these walkways and I'm like, wow, so amazing to see people's joy and to see some form of community and praying and begging God, hey, would you do something really beautiful in this time? to unite community, to unite neighbors, so that the people could once again uh, not just consider themselves, but consider others. I'm, I'm praying for that, but also praying, living in the tension of the celebration and the devastation, living in that tension and trying to do that well. So often we feel guilty, uh, like celebrating during this period of time when so much bad is going on. And I think so often as Christians, we are just caught in the middle, but we remember that Jesus is our savior, that he is our redeemer and that he makes all things new. And I don't say that as a trite statement. I say that as somebody who has gone through it. And so many of you have gone through it too. Um, I started studying, started studying in Matthew yesterday and I'm taking a couple chapters at a time. My goal is to, to try to get through Matthew as we come into this Easter season. Just slow down, though, in journal. So I'm trying to do a couple chapters, but go really, really, really slow. And this morning I was in Matthew 3, a passage I've read, I've taught, uh, and it just rocked me. It rocked me this morning. It just I, I spent a, probably a good 30 minutes just journaling on this one particular verse. And it's in Matthew three seventeen, And it says this, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You know, I, uh, I started working through uh, this passage and thinking through it. And it reminded me of Jeff as an athlete. Now, that's far gone, uh, but it was reminding me of a far gone day when I was an athlete. And in high school, junior high, high school, 
uh, I took great pride in being an athlete. I played baseball, I played soccer, and I played basketball. Uh, but at the end of the day, the thing I loved more than anything else was kind of that approval from the coach. I feel like that's what most young athletes were going after. Uh, that's what I was definitely going after. I wasn't even necessarily at that point on the field looking for an approval from a parent. I just wanted the faux parent, the coach, to go, you'd done a good job. And, and so I was like kind of one of those crazy kids. I remember in soccer one time, I used to die for everything. I would dive, like throw my body on the soccer field. And I remember this one time I went for a, a head ball and I hit my head on the ground. And when I got up, I just started running and they called timeout. And I was like, what's going on? Well, I had hit my head on a rock and I had gouged it all the way from the, the top of my forehead down to the bridge of my nose. And I was just bleeding and I couldn't see it because I was just in the game. And the, the, everyone was looking at me like I was crazy. Um, and I remember going to school next the next day and everyone was like freaking out like, what happened to you? It looked like a, just somebody took a like a carrot peeler and just took it right down their forehead. It was gnarly. But I was just not afraid to sacrifice my body. And when I would do that, every time a coach would go, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Goki. And I always felt a sense of a pride, of belonging, of, you know, uh, when that happened. I remember playing basketball. I, I was not, I was a decent basketball player. I always made the team. I generally started, uh, but I wasn't the best player. But the way I got the coach's approval, I had this coach that just uh, loved, just loved aggressive ball play. And so I remember playing basketball and just diving for basketballs that were obvious. I, I was not going to get them out of bounds. I was not going to get them. But I was the kid that was diving into the crowd. I was that annoying kid. That was me. Uh, hi, my name's Jeff. Um, and I would dive into the crowd to try to rescue a ball. And the coach would go, that's what I'm talking about, Goki. That's the kind of hustle we're looking for. And to be honest, it wasn't even about getting the ball. It wasn't even about the team. It was about getting that approval from the coach. That's what I was after. As a kid, the thing I longed for more than anything else was for somebody to tell me that they were proud of me. That's all I wanted. Because if somebody told me they were proud of me, it, it meant that I was a, a somebody, that somebody saw me and that I really mattered and I really belonged. I don't know if you feel that way. I don't know if you've ever felt like you've been shortchanged by that though, right? Like, I, why is it that with that attitude and that way of approaching life, which I have for most of my life, that I always feel like I'm shortchanged? And here's Jesus. Here is Jesus. And this is his baptism. And as he goes under the water and he comes up and a dove comes miraculously, these are the words that God says to him. This is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. And what I found, and as I was working through this passage, is that, yeah, like I said earlier, I feel like maybe I've been shortchanged. And a part of the reason why I've, short, I've been shortchanged is because I have all these dings to my identity, right? Right? It, it, all these dings to my identity. Right. Because most often my identity is found in all the wrong things. And maybe that's you. Maybe you just like, man, I just keep seeking approval. I just keep trying to trying to find love, trying to find where I belong. And I just never fit. I never fit like I never feel like I belong. I never feel like I really matter. And so I go from job to job, to thing to thing, to title to title. Maybe for you, a guy to guy or maybe for you, girl to girl or divorce after divorce. 
or thing after thing, whatever that is, right? There's something inside of us that is obsessive in trying to find our identity, trying to feel seen, trying to feel whole. And that is what caught me with this passage. As I was reflecting on it this morning, and this is what I was sitting in, I realized, <laughs> I realized something very, very interesting. Uh, to this point, to this point, Jesus really hadn't done anything. That's what I kept sitting in the, this, this morning. I was like, he hasn't really done anything. He hasn't done anything miraculous. I mean, he cared for his mom and his siblings. His father had passed away. He took up the trade of being a carpenter, right? He took up the, the job he was providing for his family, I would imagine, and caring for them. But, but he hadn't healed anybody, you know? He didn't do anything really incredible. He hadn't fed 5,000 people or raised anyone from the dead. He was just God's son, Mary's son. And it says that God was pleased. And I was like thinking about that going like, wait a second, hold on. But he hasn't done anything really super special. Like he hasn't like done anything amazing. Here he's just been this normal kind of guy, a son, uh, just a regular blue collar worker. And yet God's like looking at him going, I love this. I love my son. I'm so pleased with with him. And it wasn't just about that he got baptized. I believe God was saying, I just love my son so much. And what he wants you to hear right now is he loves you so much. We are God's beloved sons and daughters, but so often we don't feel it. And because we don't feel it, we don't live like that. And what I sense so much and what I see so much in Jesus is that he not only felt that love and approval from his father, he lived it. He lived out of it. That affirmation that he received was something that he had known from the very beginning of time, the very beginning of history. So this moment that he found himself as, as the God man was no different. But for us, because our identities are found all in the wrong things, it messes it all up, right? Because we're so often trying to earn God's love, earn God's affirmation. You know how annoying it is? I don't know if you have kids, if you do, or if you have nieces or nephews or, or you do child care for somebody, but how annoying it is when a child comes to you and they want you to recognize something that did, did, did good. Look, I drew this picture. Look how pretty this picture is. You see this picture? I spent all this time with these crayons and this thing and that and, and the glue and this glitter, right? Look at it. Look at it. And all they want you to do is, wow, honey, that is so pretty. You did such a good job. And they're feeling like, yes, I did do a good job. Isn't that annoying? It is kind of annoying to me. Um, but I've been called heartless, so I'm dealing with that. That's why I'm in counseling. Um, yeah, but, you know, the kids are always, you know, a lot of times coming up and dad, look what I did. Or, you know, Cooper is out skateboarding and he's doing a trick on a skateboard. And he wants to show me. And when he does it, he wants, you know, and he wants me to be proud of him. And I am. But so often I'm like, buddy, you don't, you don't have to do that. Or Mika with a picture or something. You, you don't have to do that. Like I, I love you no matter what, but I don't necessarily live that way with God all the time. Right. I'm like so often looking at God and going, Hey God, 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 check this out. Did you see my read my Bible today? Did you see that? I read my Bible. I spent a whole 30 minutes with you in the Bible. I read it. Yep, that's right. 
and I read it in the King James Version. Yeah, how do you like them apples? Right? Uh, did you see that? It was really, really a big deal. You know? Oh, oh God, did you, did you see I prayed? I prayed to you, God. Yeah, I prayed. I prayed a really good prayer, like a really good one. And I actually stopped and I prayed for that person. You see, I prayed for that person, God. God, I went to church. God, I went, for, I went to church and it wasn't even in, on a, in a building. It was online, right? It was online and I watched the whole thing. I went to online church this week. Did you see that, God? Did you see, God, that I also gave money? You know, because they were saying, like, text it in. And so, you know, I was feeling like, okay, I should probably do that. And so I, I did that. I, I sent money to the church. See how I did that? I, te- I sent money to the church. Do you see how I helped my neighbor? You see how I did that, God? Right, I helped them because they didn't have enough toilet paper. And then I gave them a roll. Did you see that? Did you see how I did that, God? God, did, did you see how I did the dishes for my wife? And on and on and on and on we go. Maybe we don't say it like that, but we live that way, don't we? We live that way as if God is in, in heaven going, check mark, check mark. You done good. Check mark, check mark. You done good. You done good. Oh, you're not doing good. Not pleased, not pleased, not pleased, not pleased. But in this moment... As he looks to his son, he's like, listen, I love you for who you are. You're my son. And as he looks to you and to me, I just, please hear this. Like, this is so important. And I'm really, really talking to myself. He loves you. He lo- you are his precious daughter, his precious son. But so often... When we are so busy doing for God, we can never just be loved by God. We can never receive his love. We can never just sit in his love. I'm reading Henry Nouwen's book, uh, Return of the Prodigal Son. If you, if you want a really great book, it's like 120 pages or something like that. Fantastic book. But the picture, Rembrandt's picture, is of the prodigal son on his knees with his head against the father's heart and the father's arms are draped over the son's shoulders and the father is receiving his son and he's received you he loves you and he's pleased because you are his son and daughter he is pleased with the fact that that is the reality that you are a son of the most high god that you are a daughter of the most high god if you've committed and and given your life to christ And when we understand that, we will live in light of it, just like Jesus. Jesus goes from this moment into his temptation and is able to come through that temptation because he's not trying to earn his father's love. He's not trying to prove to his father that he's a good soldier. He's simply living out of that love, living out of that approval and the really important thing to remember here is just because he approves you doesn't mean he approves of everything you do. Uh, he doesn't mean he approves all of your actions. But you are his beloved and he approves the fact that you are his beloved and that he loves you. You are his beloved daughter. You are his beloved son. And we're to live that way and live out of that. And I wonder if for so many of us is the reason why we're stuck is we're constantly trying to prove to God that we're a somebody. And he's already like, you're a somebody. You're already a somebody. You're a child of the king. When we try to earn the approval of God, we will never truly experience the love and delight 
of God. So where are you trying to gain God's approval instead of embracing your sonship or daughtership? May we receive your love and approval, almighty God, as your sons and daughters. We want to rejoice in your delight of us. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to 